0: I welcome
1: to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast
2: Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill right now.
3: Hello, Andy, and good early morning to you, sir.
2: Yeah, man. I see you got the coffee going. Had a little breakfast. I'm
3: out. I mean, that's actually the devastating portion of today. I'm out of coffee. Oh, okay. So, so I'm drinking tea, which just doesn't hit the same.
2: Welcome to T-Gang. I've been on that T-Gang since probably 2017.
3: Calling me. You're like, let's do it early. I'm like,
2: let's do it early. Let's
3: go. You know, I love the early one. And then here we go.
2: You are. You're a morning person. Yeah, generally. Way more than me. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You've always been good. You're not a just dick around, stay up late guy. From my experience. Right.
3: Yeah. I I try not to be.
2: You're just like, hey, man, I got shit to do in the morning. I'm going to surf or whatever I have to do errands. I'm going to get up. I think I think I think a lot of people do that, especially with all the streaming and all the shows and all that stuff. But yeah, ever since I've known you, I was always kind of that way for a long time. The mess around.
3: I mean, it's, you know, I think the thing is like. Once you get to a certain point like, you know, like you said, it's like if you want to do something in the morning, you got to you got to get to bed. Like I re- I mean I remember being the guy who was like 2:30 a.m. go to sleep, you know, in Brooklyn and Pizza Star was waking me up at 7:30 a.m. to go surf and I'm like, well, hope I don't take a sh- hungover shit in my wetsuit. <laughs> and now it's like I'm going to go surfing in the morning. Uh, So I'm going to put on a sleep mask right now. Not somebody's nutsack, just an actual sleep mask and go to bed at 7 (laughs) p.m. It's still light outside. That's right. Put somebody's nuts on my face.
2: Yeah, but you know what? The older you get, the more you just value that sleep, man.
3: Yeah. I mean, even today, I was like, I think I went to bed last night at 11 p.m.
2: That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's you know, I'm not usually in bed before midnight, like one way or the other. But you know, you gotta you gotta get up and you gotta do an eight thirty pod. No coffee. We're yeah. get to bed. guys, we gotta get to bed.
2: Yeah. Most people need to sleep unless your name is Adam Schefter or Woj or any of these NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball.
3: Well, we know we've we've covered this years ago. Schefter doesn't sleep because Schefter is a robot. A
2: hundred percent.
3: Schefter is just like you know who. Uh, <laughs> can't say that bitch's name too loud. I'll should be like, "What do you need? Do you want today's horoscope?" No, Schefter. I should name it Schefter. I should rename it Schefter.
2: You should. You should. Yeah, a hundred percent. That, that stuff's trippy, man. I, I, that's why.
3: And then, uh, and then Woj and Shams don't sleep because they're, they're both doing cocaine to try to like beat each other to the scoop. I think that's a way better, you know, the NFL like almost basically turned the whole thing up. They were just like, Schefter's the guy. And the NBA, it's a little bit more Wild West. There's two guys going for bombs, stealing bombs all day. And I got to say, it's a way better process. Well,
2: well you know, Ian Rappaport's, he's not, he doesn't get the recognition. He's still got like millions of followers in yeah. Rabipur. NFL Network is up there. I always wonder how this plays out. They all have insiders. They all have tipsters. Yeah. Dude, can you imagine? Can you imagine being married to one of these guys? Honey, put your phone down. No, 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 no! They're about to make a trade. They're about to. I, I think. I think something's happening.
3: I already deal with that, and I'm not. There's no way I'm on my phone half as much as Schefter. But it's like every girl I've ever dated is like you're you're on your phone a lot. I'm like, yeah, but I also don't go to the office. I don't leave for the office at eight a.m. and come back at eight p.m. I'm here all day. I'm just on the phone a lot. I guarantee Shafter because that's the world
2: has his phone. I bet even I'm. Assuming- I think
3: she- I think Shafter has a has a contact lens like a Google contact implanted inside his eye, so he doesn't even have to look down at his phone. Yeah, he scrolls with it. But he's... He's Terminator. Yeah. He's Terminator.
2: He's basically Terminator.
3: Yeah. That, that wouldn't surprise me. Except way smaller and weaker and has never been in a physical altercation. But besides that, <laughs> he's the Terminator.
2: He's the Nerdinator. I he's mean, like,
3: I'll be back. If that's okay with you, I don't want to you know, overstep my bounds.
2: <laughs> well, I told you before we started, we're in that NBA free agency frenzy, trades, re-signing. So... This will be kind of a fluid process as we record. It's 1145 Eastern time right now. So we know these things go quickly and we're already seeing things happen. Like yesterday, the big trade was the Hawks swapping picks and all and your boy Gallinari to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray, which is a huge get for the Hawks.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. I think it is. I think this is a great move for both teams. I think that this is an exceptional move for the Hawks. I mean, the potential of. And I don't know if this is part of the strategy, if this is a behind the thought process, I'm sure it is, but getting a little bit more off the ball, Trey young, um, Uh, you know what is like such a shooter um you know arguably maybe like the second most lethal shooter behind Steph in the league in terms of range how quick he gets his shot off you know it's 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 very Steph Curry like and if you look I know everybody who's kind of an idiot wants to go Steph Curry best point guard of all time it's like the amount of times Steph brings up the ball, breaks a guy down, and takes his own shot is pretty much minimal to non-existent. And when you look at Trey, that's pretty much the only way that he's getting his shots off. And so I think for the Hawks to have the potential of Trey getting a little bit more off-the-ball action could be like a real game-changer. And then from the Spurs, I feel like Pops playing, you know, 4D chess at this point. I think it, you know, I don't know if Galinari stays there or if he gets moved or if he gets bought out or whatever. But I think that we're looking at uh, a Popovich that's like loading up on picks, loading up on youth, probably maybe even, dare I say, kind of a tanky mode. Oh, yeah. Like a, a tank mode coming from the Spurs. I think so. Um, which, I mean, the the thing to remember <clears throat> when you think about the San Antonio Spurs, a team that has been championship competitive for you know twenty of the last twenty two years or eighteen of the last twenty two years, and then uh, you know borderline competitive just for the last couple seasons, the whole thing started when David Robinson got hurt and they tanked for Duncan tank for timmy they come back they get tim duncan and robinson coming back together it's the beginning of a dynasty run
2: it's so, funny so you bring him up i fell down a rabbit hole this morning uh, over breakfast watching david robinson highlights on youtube and hearing all the great like how great he was from former players and it's funny because the youtube video was basically saying and i agree and, and i'm guilty if this is anyone Like, we always forget him. He's lost in the 90s mix with Hakeem and Shaq and Ewing. And we forget two-time champ, MVP, finals MVP, defensive player of the year. We forget how awesome David Robinson was.
3: Yeah. No, he was great. And I think, you know, obviously, when you talk about those 90s centers, it's like Hakeem was the best of, of that bunch in especially in the '90s, and it really, honestly, it was close. So you know, when people go, "Oh, it wasn't that close." Like Hakeem is up there, but like Hakeem, this is like Shaq kind of came in. It was it was definitely baby Shaq, you sure. know, espe- especially early on in the '90s. I mean, you're talking about a dream team that had Ewing and Robinson. You know, Hakeem who's winning '94, '95. Ewing who's facing him in '94 um the you know a Ewing led Knicks team who's going to the eastern conference finals with regularity which is like you know the Bulls having to beat the Knicks is their their NBA finals and then they go on and they kick the shit out of every team from the west that they have to play um it was that big three like pre-baby Shaq coming around um and it, it like it was kind of passed around for a while. Like who, which one of these guys is the best. And then, you know, Hakeem sort of separated himself with the defense, with the two championships, he sort of pulled ahead legacy wise, but um, you know, Ewing is, is carrying teams and then David Robinson is not carrying teams. But then when he starts getting pieces around him a little bit, he gets an MVP. He gets, you know, he gets to the finals. He wins a championship. Like, It was it was there. I mean, I I would probably go of those three. I'd probably go Hakeem Ewing Robinson. But like in the moment when it was happening, you could make an argument in any order. And now after the fact, you kind of look back and you go, it's probably Hakeem Ewing Robinson. But they're all they're all right
2: there. I'd probably go Hakeem Robinson Ewing.
3: Uh, my my argument for Ewing over Robinson is just like he had he had similar teams to David Robinson when David Robinson like wasn't doing anything year in and year out and then when David Robinson toward the end of his career obviously they go a tank for Timmy he gets you know a top 10 all-time player on his team and then he runs off you know his the the championships yeah he had an incredible his peak in that in his um in his MVP season was insane. But uh, I think consistently over the course of his career, like being able to put a team on his back, uh, I think Ewing did a better job and his, against tougher competition at that
2: point in the East. His story is fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know about it until I was messing around with Wikipedia. Obviously, I knew he went to the Naval Academy, but I didn't know that he grew. He didn't play basketball until like junior senior year of high school and he was five nine and then he shot up to six six and you can't even go to the naval academy if you're taller than six six and they didn't think he would grow anymore and then he shot up like there was all these waivers and then he couldn't fit in a boat right and i mean it's 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 like a movie and then he shot all the way past seven foot like
3: a sub guy coming in a seven foot tall submariner
2: i mean it's it's it is fascinating it's a movie i don't know who plays a seven foot Guy like that. I mean, you you know, I don't know, I don't know who you would do in that role, but uh yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And also, reading about all that and watching highlights, it's just crazy where the center position was at then and now.
3: Yeah, there's there was definitely. I mean, in the last ten years, there's definitely been a removal of the center position. I feel like it's gonna come back. I feel like. These things go in waves. It'll come back a little bit, but you're gonna have to be able to stretch the floor in some regard. Sure, and and that's the thing. It's like, and and truthfully, that's what separated those guys, those three, even from the pack then, which was all of them could shoot to yeah. some to some degree. You know, uh, uh, Robinson loved to be on like get get that high post turn around on the elbow. Hakeem was you know pretty deadly from a lot of places even started like shoot, you know, Hakeem had the, had the game that if he played today, he would be a stretch five viewing obviously with the turnaround on, on both baselines. I mean, he's hit, he's shooting deep, you know, turnaround baseline jump shots and the rest of the league. I mean, even Shaq Shaq was never doing that. Even, you know, the, those, the other guys that were in the league at the time, like the Rick Smiths and the whoever's like every team had a big seven footer They would just stand in the middle and all of those guys could make enough of a jump shot that their teams could manage an offense around them.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And
3: and nowadays, you know, you look at it's like Embiid, Hakeem's closer to Embiid than he is to like, you know,
2: Rick Smith. Sure. I totally see that. So Kyrie is staying with the Nets for a year. Or
3: is he? But he picked up his option.
2: He picked up his option. Yeah. Cause like he you said, yeah. he's pretty fickle.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that what it came down to is
2: nobody wanted him. I think besides no, the Lakers. Well,
3: yeah. No one wanted him for all of the, for all of the trouble. And then also he's got a, he's got to pick up his option at some point it, to do a sign in trade. It's just like all, like everything about Kyrie is extra. It's just yeah. all extra, like the extra money, the extra years, the fucking earth's flat. I don't believe in this. I'm fucking do that. Like
2: well, it's it's like insane. anything in life, right? Sometimes you just you just don't want to deal with the bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like you could get the nice car, or I made the reference to like the hot girl. You just don't want to deal with it. You're like, dude, I'd rather just deal with someone who might not be as talented. But there's just so many headaches for everyone to deal with.
3: But there's still a lot of talk about, you know, okay, Kyrie picks up his option. He's there. There's a bunch of guys out there. I mean, we just saw it with John Wall who gets bought out um, or gets or declines his option. You know, th- these guys declining huge money.
2: Okay. Question for you real quick. Bigger fall. John Wall or Paul Wall.
3: Uh. I'm going Paul Wall, but it could be tough depending, like if John Wall doesn't have a resurgence.
2: That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying John Wall, he's, he's heading that direction. He's heading the Paul Wall direction. Are they related? Conspiracy theory. Yes. Okay. It's official. They're related.
3: Um, but I think the thing with Kyrie is now you have the player option is like, there are those teams out there. Obviously, the reason I brought up John Wall is because he was formerly one of those guys who it's like uh Kyrie's not the only guy making 30 plus million a year that the teams don't want anything to do with anymore. So like uh, like a Russell Westbrook, for example, is a guy on a team that wants Kyrie and just picked up his option as well. You know, um, so. Is, is there potential for that kind of move? It might be. It might just take too much finagling because it's just selling one bad bag of shit and taking on another. And then what do you do with that? Are you buying out a Russell Westbrook type of thing? But here's what I'll say: Kyrie it- Irving, Kyrie Irving picked up his option. He's not 100% a net this year.
2: I agree. And I would lump all those guys together. For the record, it's like their own Heisman house. John Wall, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook. Now, obviously, it varies as far as the baggage, but it's the talented point guards who you question. There's a giant question mark. At this stage of their career, with the money that they'd be owed, with their history, what are they bringing to your team?
3: And it's it's kind of insane that it even got this far with this many teams, and yet here we are talking about how teams are still going to make these mistakes like hate to go full like Wayne's world on you, but like, let's cut to four years from now. The Knicks can't find anybody to take Brunson's $85 million option contract off their books, even though last year they were the ninth seed in the East. What are they going to do?
2: Yeah, it looks like your Knicks are going after Brunson, which we predicted last episode.
3: It doesn't really like, I really don't understand it. And, and, you know, I was, I've been talking to a lot of people and it's like, if the Knicks kid if the Knicks did this and found the way, found a way to get rid of Julius Randall's contract, I'm, I'm am i I'm sort of okay with it because then it's like, okay, Brunson's young. He had a breakout year. We're not, Necessarily buying low, but we're buying lower than we think he might be. And we we we've been a team that's desperate for a point guard for however long, literally eternity. My my lifetime, except for the window of Jeremy Lynn. Um, but it seems like it's the opposite. It seems like it's no, this is it. We're all in on Brunson, Randall. R.J. Barrett, the big three.
2: Yeah. Well, y- y- like you said, we saw this coming, and then I had to, at, per last episode's conversation, I was curious to see the comments underneath the news that the Knicks were going to be pursuing him hard. It is funny seeing some of the Knicks' Twitter feed, and then the defend, like people defending it is is, is pretty funny to me. And at this point, like, I don't know at this point which which sport has the I- biggest idiots on Twitter as far as terrible takes. If it's NBA or NFL, because there's just not enough Major League Baseball. I, I don't know which one's worse. It's
3: tough. It's tough. I think it's the NBA. I
2: think it is, too.
3: But there are there are some, you know, there are some awful takes. The thing here's the thing with the NBA I, versus the NFL. I feel like with the NBA, fans have terrible takes across the board. Yeah. It's like terrible. Like there's someone out there right now going like, I just don't understand why a team doesn't go all in on Westbrook and Mello and like, let's just put together a super team. And you're like, bro, Stop playing NBA 2K or whatever. Like, get a grip on reality. I feel like the NBA fans have terrible takes that expand far and wide. In the NFL, I feel like you have two m- m- sort of major hot take categories. One, my team is awesome. Yeah, and you're like, your team fucking sucks.
2: It's it's my team or my quarterback.
3: Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly my team or my is. quarterback.
2: That's exactly what it or, is.
3: Or like my favorite quarterback or like it, it, it's, it's all like being bonering too hard for your own team or just like a terrible quarterback hot take, which if you guys ever want a great rundown memory lane, don't forget that there is 1000 idiot NFL trolls uh, mocking me under a video where I said Matt Stafford was better than Russell Wilson. If anybody just wants that, that, that I mean, that's that's some good NFL troll down memory lane.
2: Do you think career-wise so you think career-wise you take Matt Stafford over Russell Wilson?
3: I mean, I'm not even career, I don't even know what what that means. What that means career-wise, like career-wise, obviously, you know, Russell Wilson's got a super bowl, Ben to another, you know, Matt Stafford's got a super bowl. Uh, like career-wise, I don't know, but but it's like we're not comparing like, but in a vacuum if you take give me the start like if you tell me you have you have roster x with coach x playing style of football x and here you are you can draft matthew stafford on day 1 or you can draft russell wilson on day 1 i've been consistent that i will take russell but matthew stafford yeah and and i and and what's great about that is like a reasonable person you might be a guy who takes russell wilson I don't know at this point, maybe you've seen the light,
2: um, but well, I don't think yeah. you go wrong either way,
3: but the but idea personally. is that you could have that conversation. Yeah, why, for sure. why, I, why I brought it up is listen, a bearded guy. I think he might be retarded. He just said Russell. And then it was like, okay. And then obviously last year, what I did is I replied to 1000 comments with now. Did that you really? Yeah. With now that they're in the same division, Where's Russell Wilson? Oh, right. Missing the playoffs. Where's Matthew Stafford? Oh, right. Winning the Super Bowl in his first year
2: in that division. He took the time to respond. Oh, a thousand of them. Take, take me through. I want to go through the Joe Prano thought process that day. Is he like, okay, I was right. This is three years in the making. I'm going to go down, to open up this laptop here and just, just boom, 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 just fire away. Yeah. Like are you are drinking coffee? Are you eating something? What's, yeah, what's I'm just going like,
3: on? Oh, I, you know, it, it, it would be those moments where it's like, you know, some very specific thing happened, like Matthew Stafford beats the the uh, Seahawks Seahawks or the Seahawks are, you know, uh, officially eliminated from the playoffs or whatever. And then it's just like, hey, let's just remind those people. And my the joy I take in it is the idea of some, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme or some, you know, whistling uh, Bugs bunnier going down the street when suddenly they get a notification on their phone, which they don't often because these people are losers. You know, and they're like a notification. Somebody want and then they they go, uh, Joe Prano replied to your comment on YouTube. And then it's just me going, uh, how about now, dipshit? And then they me, fire flames coming out their head. And I just like knowing that I ruined some idiot's day.
2: It is, it is pretty interesting. You could ruin. So you could ruin a are Like that's really fascinating from a psychological perspective. You could ruin someone's day both ways from a complete stranger on a comment you leave.
3: And then, and then there's, there's the, there's two, there's essentially two reactions. There's three reactions, but t- two of them are, right. one is like, well, you got me. And it's like, Touche, sir. Thank you. Thank you for owning your horrific take that what that you made simply because you have no ability to judge football outside of records and outside of what, you know, Chris Collinsworth tells you on Sunday Night Football. You have no ability to watch a guy make your own determination, take all the factors, who he's playing for, where he's playing, who he's playing against, all these things. You don't have the ability to watch football. And so you just take your L. My favorite one for sure is, oh, from three a comment from three years ago. Yeah, bitch, I don't fucking forget. I don't forget.
2: Joe Bruno never forget. I saw that.
3: I got tagged. I got tagged in a in a comment on on Facebook the other day after we mocked our racist MAGA Cleveland Browns fan on last show he commented on facebook he's like good to know i still get under you still think about me or whatever and i and i replied i go yeah it's a i have a weird quality where i remember every single over-the-top racist that i've ever met in my whole life i i think it's important i think you should i think if you meet like unabashed racists in your life you should you should make a point to remember their name and be like just remember, that guy is a gigantic fascist piece of shit.
2: This is where we differ, man. Yeah. I, I, I've i wanted to go back. There's a few things I wanted to go back on. I know specifically some tweets. And then I just thought, what am I doing? Why, why am I responding to somebody from like a year ago, two years ago? I, I you guess should I, do
3: it. It gives you a pretty quick and you get it no, gives because, you a pretty quick I, and hard do, I, dopamine but, spike.
2: Yeah. But I think that dope, then I think you just then you then you go down the back and forth. You're right. Then like, where does this where does this those,
3: those those are the ones that, are, that don't fall into my favorite. My favorite two are the people who take the L and the people that are just shocked beyond belief that you have unearthed their shitty comment. And the worst ones are the people that don't give up.
2: See, I do a new thing. I go to the witch store and I cast an evil spell on them.
3: The people who are like ah, Russell Wilson is still better, and you're like, what? He just got traded. Like, what are we? What? What the fuck are we talking about? The the Seahawks will still be better than the Rams next year, and you're like, I I don't think they are, a guy. I think, well, I think Gino Smith's their starter now.
2: It's funny you say that because I saw the early release of NFL quarterback MVP odds which obviously Russell Wilson, he's not he's not top, but like he's up there as far as with all this movement happening. Let's see if you can guess. Who do you think the top quarterback odd to win MVP is? Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah, you're right. I didn't know if you would still go Mahomes. He bumped Mahomes.
3: Does it go Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers?
2: Almost. It goes... Allen, Lamar
3: Jackson, Mahomes, Rogers.
2: Allen seven to one, Mahomes eight to one, along with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's eight to one, Rogers nine to one. That's your first tier. Your second tier, which is the same odds to start with, Justin Herbert is nine to one, Joe Burrow's twelve to one, and then you move down the fourteen to ones, which are Stafford, Prescott, Wilson. Then at 20 to 1, you have Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. This is a wild one. At 25 to 1, you have Derek Carr and Jalen Hurts.
3: Yeah, that's ludicrous.
2: That's wild to me. I think for betting purposes, for odds, for value, you'd have to put it on Burrow, right? At 12 to 1, he's behind all those other, he's behind Herbert.
3: Yeah, I mean value wise, yeah, I How like that- Herbert. I like Herbert at nine to one. You do, yeah.
2: It's just such a tough division,
3: man. It is such a tough division. But here's here would be my argument for Herbert nine to one for the value. Let's say, let's say, the San Diego Chargers go win eleven games. Los Angeles, sorry the Los Angeles chargers of Anaheim. Let's say the, the Los Angeles chargers of Englewood. Let's say they w- win 11 games and win the division. Like, Oh well, yeah. If, if there's you're, a pile up there, no, you're where, right. where, you know,
2: he'll the, get a lot of, votes. Chiefs
3: win 11 games and the Broncos win 10 games and the Chargers win 11 games and the Raiders win nine games. And there's this log jam there and one team has to win the division and the guy throws for 5,000 yards. I could see him being MVP. I agree.
2: I I mean, that's a good point. You know, he threw threw either 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns last year.
3: That's what I'm saying. But they missed the playoffs last year.
2: Exactly. I just think the reason I say Burrow, I think, with the with what's happening in that division, Lamar Jackson's coming off an injury. You never know how a guy comes off an injury. The Steelers, they'll be competitive there. Always are. You know, Mitchell Trubisky's your quarterback. You have the Brown situation. Who knows who's playing quarterback? I I just think the Bengals. I've, I've joked about it in the past but if, on like a serious side i think the Bengals. that you you have to put them on the odds on favor to win that division and if the o-line which they got a lot of help for him does their job <laughs> and <laughs> we have to share at the dirt balls what randy texted us yesterday Randy Ruther, aka Justin Wood, texted us a screenshot of his TV. He's watching Bengals games from last year. Poor guy. The devotion. Yeah. In June, he's watching old Bengals games. It was a screenshot of a Bengals, the Bengals Chiefs AFC Championship game, I think.
3: And then also, side note, like, You know who sucks the worst is Ravens fans. You're like, Randy, Randy hates the Ravens.
2: You have to appreciate the turntness someone has. I think he's more, I think he's more turnt for the Bengals than you are for
3: any team in your whole life.
2: Well, there's not debating that at this point in my life. I think, what about like for you? Joe, you're not you're not going back and watching old games. I mean, I've watched I've let me put it this way. I've watched old games, like I've put on old games. Like I've in the last few years, I rewatched that Bengals Super Bowl because I was so young. I was like, I gotta rewatch the one with Montana let, from start to finish. I've rewatched old Reds World Series games. I mean, he's rewatching the game that just happened,
3: yeah, six months I, ago. I, and I've done that, but definitely not. But but the, I think the difference is like, you know. We're we're in we're in the lead up to football season now. We're we're you know we're getting close to preseason starting. We've OTAs that have happened. Randy doesn't have you know Diamondbacks baseball keeping him busy or whatever. Like he's just this is all he's got. You know NBA's over. LeBron's been eliminated for all. it's basically just the Bengals and LeBron. Yeah. And Ohio State, which I've heard him, you know, less and less talk for the last few years about Ohio State. For me, I think, I think Randy, because he's a good person and has a good soul, I think, like, maybe not even actively, but maybe subconsciously separating himself Dude. from the disaster that is Ohio State football. And he's an Ohio State,
2: know, dad too, on his own. Yeah.
3: But, you know, I mean, I think he knows it's essentially, you know, an, you, orga- an organized crime family. What,
2: what are you talking about? Disaster. They're still good every year. They're contending for a title. Every I know, year.
3: but they also have like, you know, their their coaches are going on to sexually assault people and be racist trainers and like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a good. Well, there's not a lot of good things coming out of Ohio State these days. I years. would
2: argue that's a lot of pro- like a lot of programs have their baggage. By the way, we just came on the 1 year anniversary this week of the name and image likeness agreement, right? So, so just quick reminder for all those schools,
3: I'd love to see who's I'd love to see the single person that's made the most money out of this thing and 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 basically which like TikTok star, volleyball player or like softball chick it is because good for them.
2: Well, that's funny you say that because again, the 1 year anniversary Remember when all the athletic directors and coaches were like, it's going to ruin college sports. It's going to ruin it forever. Actually, it's, it's, if anything, like you're saying, it's actually also helped propel not popular sports or female sports because, like you said, the attractive gymnast who has 6 million Instagram followers is getting a massive deal. Yeah. I I have something from. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking. This is this is this is uh this is old. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look. I mean, I mean, that girl, the girl I just mentioned from LSU Gymnastics, Olivia Dunn. Yeah. She got over a million dollars. Yeah.
3: Good for her. I mean, no one's tuning into SEC Gymnastics because of it, but good for her yeah i agree
2: no I, I completely agree oh this was a deal five eight million dollars i didn't see this one a five-star high school recruit in the 2023 class who is it you're just saying a five-star recruit who what kind of generic story is this report 2023 five-star recruit signs NIL collective that could net more than $8 million. Do you even say the sport in this article?
3: I know. Take a page out of Robert Rotal's book and give us all the details in the headline. Five-star football recruit signs NIL conglomerate deal for up to $8 million. Brands include Taco Bell, Wendy's, Nike, Honda,
2: Picks and Vids. <laughs> this this doesn't even, so I clicked on the actual story. Thoughts, thoughts are coming. <laughs> it doesn't even say a sport. I clicked on the, the actual story, which is the athletic. It's a picture of a football field, but not. It's
3: a, a, it's a picture of Mark McGuire without, <laughs> without his Cardinals on his uniform. That's what this is. It's generic football player. It's a stock. It's a, it's a Getty images of a football player.
2: It doesn't even. Am I missing something on Friday? This is written March 11th. On Friday, a five star recruit in the class of 2023 signed an agreement with the school's NIL collected that could pay him more than eight million by the end of his junior year. The athletic has learned. You still have not said you sport. told me
3: nothing.
2: I think you should go back to become go back. You know how you have a journalist degree? Yeah. You should become a journalist, man. I feel like it's easier than ever. Like with stories like this, what are you doing? Come on, athletic. I pay. I pay for you, athletic. I pay for you. Come on. I'm paying for this subscription. Give me, give me something better.
3: A dirt ball got us a year subscription to athletic. You re-upped.
2: Yeah. I gave you my password. Remember?
3: Yeah, I know. Cause I get my, I get my daily update on the final score of the Reds games because I'm now logged into your account. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry about that. (laughs) No, it's great. So, I'll get the alert. I'll be like,
3: oh, Reds lost again. You guys, do I really need this update?
2: It's funny you say that. It's July 1st tomorrow. I haven't gone to a single game. No lie. Have not watched a single inning. I've I've never done this my entire life, or I've never watched a game, haven't gone to a game. And I know it's easy to say, well, they stink. They've had a lot of stinky seasons in my life.
3: You've I, had a lot of stinky seasons, but this one is by far the stinkiest. It is, but it's it's easy. Who's to- gonna get the reference? Who's gonna get it?
2: I have no clue. What is it? What's that from?
3: It's uh, from uh, it's from Big Daddy. You remember the teacher? It's like we've got to talk about Frankenstein. See a lot of, it, and then she goes through a whole thing. She's like, also, his personal hygiene is becoming a bit of a concern. That's right. He's like, my son is the smelly kid. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I have had some smelly kids in my day, Mr. Whatever his name is. He's like, but your son is by far the smelliest.
2: (laughs) That's right. Well, what I was trying to say is that I haven't. Like, it hasn't affected me. Not that it would, but the, the argument that people can't just boycott a team for a year. Again, I didn't say lifelong. It's pretty easy to do if you just find other stuff to do. Now, th- again, this would th- I'm not arguing. It would be a lot harder if they were competing for a playoff spot. But it's, it's pretty easy to go elsewhere. And on a side note, along with that, they are projected to have the lowest attendance they've ever had at Great American Ballpark and possibly in the history of the team going back to when they got – bigger stadiums in 1970. So the whole, where are you going to go? Seems like a lot of people. The witch store, the cat cafe. Yeah. yeah, That'd be a funny video. Clip of him saying, where are you going to go? Yeah. And then then
3: you doing, you doing tours to other places in Cincinnati.
2: Yeah. You should do that. Throwing axes. Kings Island. Yeah. Haven't been, by the way, completely wasting a pass. I bought a pass for myself and my girlfriend for Christmas, which looking back a little ridiculous. She really didn't show any desire to have a Kings Island pass. And I was like, well, like,
3: no, listen, it became my thing last year.
2: Would you mark that in the Andy Ruther history of it was his thing for a minute? Yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. Don't worry, Joe. I'm gonna go back. Well, we have a holiday weekend. You, need, you might need to get twerks on the phone.
3: We should we should have a check-in with twerks. I checked in with way, him. By the way, getting married, I believe in September.
2: Yeah, I checked in with him. I I told him that uh sadly I could not attend his wedding. And then and then I asked him, You'll love this. I said, I, I said, but I hope that you and your fiance Jordan will be wearing Mickey Mouse ears when you get married. And he said, We were, and here's what's so great about twerks. I wrote back, not sure if you're joking or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he's such a yeah. diehard. I was like, I don't know if you're kidding. And he's that's like, the no. thing.
3: That's what I was going to say. You got to get in touch with twerks and 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 say, you know, how do you keep the fire alive year in and year out for amusement parks, for amusement parks? And are you going to bring that into your marriage? It's like, how do you keep the fire burning for the yeah. most magical place on earth.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. I think That's maybe
3: a- I think maybe for a wedding gift I'll get them a comforter that for their bed that just says the most magical place on earth. Where the magic happens.
2: I like it. It's a good idea. So, the 4th of July is this weekend. It's going to be the perfect weekend to kick back, sit by the pool, Grill out, hang with your friends, and drink some Miller Lite, Joe, as I point to this amazing Miller Lite sign behind me. I know I'll be with family. My brother's got a pool. If he's hearing this, please invite me to your pool. I know you love drinking Miller Lite. I'll come over, get the Miller Lights ready.
3: And I'll just, I'll just say it to dirt balls. This is a huge – this is – I mean – I would argue that this is the Miller Lite weekend. Agreed. A four-day holiday weekend. you got 4th of July Friday. You've got 4th of July Saturday. You've got 4th of July Sunday. Sorry, that's three. You've got 4th of July that actually falls on a Monday. A five-day weekend. 4th of July rolls into 5th of July Tuesday, which everybody who knows knows that the 5th of July is actually the foremost Miller Lite drinking day in America. That's my birthday. Correct. Everybody if you're out there, that's the day. I want I want you guys drinking all the way through fuck Tuesday dude. It's 4th of July. You go through Tuesday. Skip work Tuesday, drink more Miller Lights, send me pics, tag Miller Lite, send them in my honor. I'm going to spend the whole weekend drinking Miller Lights. And that and my weekend extends until Wednesday morning. That's
2: nice. Yeah. No better time. Relax with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Get some Miller Lights. Like Joe said, send us the pics. Send us the vids. Tag at Miller Light. Tag at the Dirty Sports. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLight.com forward slash Dirty Sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. To put a quick wrap on this NFL, I'm sorry, NBA discussion. Is there anything you want to see? I see that Harden is probably going to stay with the Sixers, which – I'm like, eh, whatever to restructure your deal. Is there any person you want to see move? Is there any potential trades you'd like to see guys go to certain teams? I mean,
3: outside of my you know, outside of wanting Julius Randall off my team, um, you know, it's funny because Gallinari already moved, and I think Gallinari is a nice fit for San Antonio, but I have a I feel like The San Antonio, like, I feel like does that drive with it it drives with pop um, a a nice Euro player and his style of play works. But does it drive with, you know, a potential tank season? I don't know. Yes. I'd like I'd like to see Gallinari move. There's there was a lot of talk of my son returning home to me here in Los Angeles, not to return to the Clippers, but potentially a Lakers team. I'd like to see. If, if Gallinari jer- joins LeBron on the Lakers, I will be buying a Gallinari jersey. Unfortunately, he won't be allowed to wear eight because some motherfucker had to wear two different goddamn jerseys in his life. But uh, whatever number he wears, 88 possibly, I will I'll pick one up. I'd like to see Gallinari there. I mean, there's a lot of things that could potentially happen. I would like to see Harden not go back to the Sixers. Um, because I do think Harden is still, you know, uh, an elite NBA player, certainly an elite NBA scorer. Um, I think that, 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 that Sixers team, if they make a couple of moves to fit around them and, and Harden gets a whole year there that they could be really good, but obviously I'm not rooting. I don't root for the Sixers to be good ever. Um, I'd like to see the Mavs make a move. I'd like to see Luca get some help early on in his career. Um, but the specifics of it, I mean, it's just going to be free agency is just going to be so fucking wild as yeah, it, it always is, is with, with sure. you know, there's only so many big free agents, but it's like who gets signed in trade.
2: What do you think of this? Deandre eight to the nets possibly you're, you're talking about a team again, obviously they lost in playoffs this year. They still the best record They make the NBA finals the year before. He's a core piece of that.
3: Yeah. Um, I think the thing with the Suns and Aiton and just Aiton in general, it is one of those situations where it's like, how do you not pay the guy? But also if you're smart, how do you pay the guy the max? Like you just don't, you just do not pay DeAndre Aiton the max. Like I understand that more and more guys who like don't get like don't deserve the max, get it every year. But I just, but with the nets, I mean, I guess it helps. I mean, it certainly helps them. It doesn't hurt them just at like what cost, like for how much, like, I just don't think the value in terms of his contract is really, can really be that high. If you want to get like a dollar to donuts like fucking like what is the true value of the guy he definitely makes the team better and that's the thing i think for a guy like deandre ayton he has to go to a team where maybe they know they're overpaying but he puts them over some kind of a hump but does deandre ayton put the nets so now the big threes Kyrie, durant ayton
2: it doesn't yeah it doesn't look i like him so I, so
3: so ayton is just like shuffle stepping out of the lane after Kyrie does some globe trotter shit for like a reverse layup.
2: He fits well in Phoenix. I don't know how he fits in Brooklyn. Like he doesn't fit that, that, that piece does not fit as well is what I'm saying. Yeah. And career wise, look, man, I know you want to get paid. You should. These guys should get theirs. I have no problem with that. But I think for your career, you're better off where you're at.
3: Yeah, but you got it, you know, you gotta, it, it's gotta be a money thing. I mean, even, uh, even like the bulls, for example, bulls had a nice run last year. We're good for a while, but you're going to sign Zach Levine to the max. Zach Levine's you're maxing. You're going to super max Zach Levine. Where does that put you?
2: Yeah, I agree. No, oh, I know. I don't know. Speaking of contracts and negotiations, did you see this Freddie Freeman thing? It's kind of wild.
3: Um, that he has fired his agent because they did not notify him of the final offer from the Braves and he would have that he probably would have taken yeah, solely not, so that I, the the agent could make more money?
2: Yeah, I've never seen anything like this though.
3: Yeah, I saw an, actually a very interesting comment under, um, I don't know what baseball Instagram. I was Some baseball Instagram I was following put this story out. And under it, there was a comment from David Freeze who said, this is why you always have a former teammate be the middleman in your deal. Interesting. So, yeah. So essentially what he was saying, and I was like, I've never heard this before. Me is if Is if you're, you know, if you're embroiled in a negotiation between the team that you were just on and some new team, have one of your teammates from the team that you were on be able to call you and text you about the offers that this, that, that team is currently making to you so that your agent doesn't leave out some of that deal because we all know agents have their, you know, have all the things that they want to get out of shit too. Not just the more money. I'm sure his agent was like, he, I mean, we're, we definitely make more money if he goes to LA.
2: Yeah.
3: And so but, now he's fired him because, well, he's now even he's though, fired
2: him. He's, he's repping himself right now. Right. And well, he,
3: which, but what does he need an agent for at the moment? You well, know,
2: he doesn't, but. If these allegations are true, the agency, Excel, is denying it. Of course they are. But if they're true, there are ramifications. So, you know, the Major League Baseball Players Association would then have the right to revoke or suspend the agent, which obviously completely affect that guy's like livelihood. Uh, you know, they, they again are denying it. His his agent, uh, what's his agent? And again? what
3: is there to deny? You either did or you didn't. And Casey you, Close yeah. is the agent. Yeah. yeah. If you did and he would what then what's he upset about?
2: I don't know, but this guy is a major agent. Yeah. Casey close, he's repped. Jeter, Kershaw, Granky, Kenny Lofton, Ryan Howard. So we I mean, we're talking decades of major name players and uh you know a
3: swindling genius i mean you got Derek jeter 19 million dollars a year to play the worst shortstop in the history of major league baseball
2: with that ryan howard deal remember how fat that was yeah that was an other awful deal that You got two years return on like a 10-year deal, whatever it was. Yeah. And unlike the Yankees, they didn't just let him rot
3: over there at first base just to sell hats. Like, no, let him play for 20 more years. He'll be fine. He'll stockpile a bunch of hits.
2: I don't know, but but it's pretty messed up. I mean, you're hearing things as crazy as, like, he might somehow end up back on the Braves. I don't know about that. Well, you're hearing it. I don't know if it would happen. Right. But I look. You have fucked to say, "Fucked up Braves, this. fucked up Braves." Yeah, but you have to say this. as, as, as on
3: the Braves. I'll tell you that much. Thank you to fucking Casey Close or whatever the fuck your name is for getting Freddie Freeman out of the goddamn but, division. But you
2: know what? There's a trust level. I'm assuming there's a trust level when somebody it's a circle of trust
3: you. here. And but
2: there is, but like, I don't. I don't. I know you shouldn't get involved, but at a certain point. Don't like, I'm just thinking personally, and I'm not just talking about sports deals. Isn't there at a certain point that you have to take onus on yourself as far as your involvement?
3: Yeah, but he had like, he, he thought he was, he's, you know, he's not, he's not talking to GMs himself. That's your agent's literal job.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a dicey situation.
3: It's not really, that's why that's why he's able to fire them. That's why there's gonna be an investigation. Because if your agent's just not telling you about offers you got, he's literally he's like you had one job.
2: This guy's jeopardizing his entire livelihood. Yeah, why would anybody want to rep him use him as their rep? Right. Wait, you're not gonna tell me
3: that and I have it, a potential deal and but the thing the argument. I guess I guess I don't even know if he's making this argument. Obviously, he's saying it's not true. But the the reports are the Braves deal was never going to be what the Dodgers deal was.
2: Sure. I'm sure they. Could so he got it. him
3: the best deal, you know, as opposed to the deal Freddie Freeman wants, which is the Braves to get as close as they can and him to
2: stay. but I've never seen anything like this where a guy has insane regrets in the season and he's open about it. He's emotional about it on his return to Atlanta. It says to me, you clearly didn't want to leave, man. And you basically sold out for the money. Right. Doesn't it? Right. Like, and- like, 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 and I, don't, and I shouldn't use that term. I, I correct myself. I don't want to say sold out, but you chose the money over how you maybe felt in your heart.
3: Right. But I, I think what I think what the issue is here is he was saying is, is Freddie Freeman sort of said to his agent and is saying to the media and is saying to his former teammates. And is saying to the fans of Atlanta, and is saying to people in general, listen, it wasn't just about the money. I was, I like, it wasn't. I'm gonna play for the highest bidder. What I would have done is stayed here if you guys had made an offer that was like a good faith. This is at the best we can do. Gotcha. And then he was like, I'll stay. But the fact that his agent doesn't show him that, okay. then it's maybe, oh, obviously Atlanta doesn't want me as much as I want Atlanta because they're not even willing to come up to this point. Little does he know they did, but his agent was like, nah, I get paid more if we get fucking the Dodgers money. Yeah. So I'm not even
2: going to tell him about that. Sure. Sure. Well, you said it right. They're going to have to find out. They'll do an investigation. They're now trying to do legal action. They claim because this came from Doug Gottlieb, who claims he has sources. So then right. he tweets it out, and it's a whole thing. But the the truth will be leaked. Or, you know, it, it'll it'll be figured out, so to speak. All right, we have some good calls today. We have we have a. A first-time caller, okay. Remember Lucas? His his birthday, we shouted out the other day. Yeah, he DM'd me. He's listened for years. He's making his first call. Right, it's like a big deal for him. And he, where is it here? Sorry, he requested. He requested that I play the dirtball call intro. I mean, I mean. He put a special request in for it.
3: a lot of requests for a guy who got two birthday shout outs this weekend.
2: Yeah, bro. How much did he pay? How much did he pay in cameo? I mean, we got to up that. Okay. The problem is I really don't have this handy. Where do I have the calls? And then we get stuck in this no man's land (laughs) where I'm just like searching,
3: (laughs) searching for an old Beverly Dylan
2: motivation. What's Beverly Dillamata up to these days?
3: I don't know, to be what honest you, with you.
2: What do you up to, Beverly Dillamata? We're, we're going to play your call or play your intro. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Yeah. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. <laughs> we got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Circa 2015, Joe, was when that yeah. was created. All right, so I want to pull Lee with his call, too, because I'll be real curious what you have to say about this.
0: Hello, Joe and Andy. Lucas Haberman calling former North Dakota dirtball, current Minneapolis dirtball. First time, long time. Just want to say thanks to No Minton for the birthday. Shout out from you guys. Uh, we've both been massive fans of the show since 2015. I've got Noah of Maddie Goldberg's book for his birthday. He's got me a Bill Walton book for my birthday. So both just massive fans of the show. Keep it up. Now for the meat and potatoes of the call. Who do you guys think is the most low-key overrated player of all time? To me, without question, Kurt Warner should not be a Hall of Famer. After he wins MVP, greatest show on turf, the dude is cut by the Rams. Then go on to be 12 and 4 with Mark Bolger. Then he's picked up by the Giants, plays three games, and has 11 turnovers, then is replaced immediately by Eli Manning, the GOAT. Then he goes to Arizona, is the backup for two years, and then he has his little run, goes to one Super Bowl, has two good seasons as a quarterback, and is out of the league. The dude is a good NFL quarterback when he is surrounded by unreal talent. Marshall Falk. Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, and Larry Fitzgerald, and Anquan Bolden. Just unbelievable players around him. His career stats are literally identical to Kirk Cousins, except Kirk Cousins has 37 less interceptions. And Kirk Cousins is trash. And I love the Vikings. So let me know who you guys think is the most low-key, overrated player of all time. Uh, again, thanks for the birthday shout-out. Thanks, Noah.
3: And uh, stay dirty.
2: Do you want to lead or me? I did a deep dive.
3: After are we, this. Are we doing football? Is this football? We're we going with foot, most overrated football player of all time. I
2: guess he doesn't specify.
3: Off the top of my head. And I like the guy. I love the guy. Great dude. Like, you know. Would love to hang out with him. Joe Namath is the most overrated player of all time. Joe Namath has more fucking interceptions than he has touchdowns. Joe Namath has no place in the Hall of Fame whatsoever. It's shameful that he's really there, to be honest with you. And then second, maybe, because here's the thing. The quarterbacks get all the accolades. Sure. So so they're always going to be the most, like, the, the most talked about, the most rated in general. Uh, so the second one that jumps out the top of my head, Troy
2: Aikman. Ooh, this is a great discussion. This, th- these are the discussions I live for. I like because
3: it. You, you look at you look at Troy Aikman's statistics. I mean, if you take away the three Troy Aikman Super Bowls, on again, this is the exact same argument you know Lucas made about Kurt Warner. Forget, I mean, Hall of Famers everywhere, everywhere on that team. I mean, you're talking top five, maybe all-time receiver, top two or three all-time running back. That's just on his. That's just in his skill position players. Line, you know, O-line stacked, defense stacked. Going out and adding, you know, Dion going out and adding like every year. stacked. like without the three, without the three Super Bowls, Trey Aikman is
2: what. Well, again, we can do the without. Right. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. I Look, I don't hate it. This is where it gets really interesting. And, and, and Troy Aikman, to me, is the poster child of that discussion. I vehemently disagree with you, Lucas, on Kurt Warner. Wow.
3: You don't think Kurt Warner overrated? I mean, people have Kurt Warner as like... A lot
2: of people have Kurt Warner as like an all-time great. No, I, I I don't. But but again, he's saying he should not be a Hall of Famer. Here's the thing about Kurt Warner. He was a two-time MVP. I know he's playing. No one's denying that he's playing with Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Brute. He's literally pay- playing with three Hall of Famers. And then a fourth when you add Larry Fitzgerald. No one's denying that. Here's, here's, in my opinion, difference, and you and I have talked about this before, between someone like a Troy Aikman and a Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner twice.
3: Here, let, me, let me just say one thing since you brought up his two MVPs. This is why I would agree with Kurt Warner is overrated for sure. In my opinion, at least over. Now, the most overrated player of all time, Marshall Falk has one MVP. Kurt Warner has two MVPs. Who is responsible for, who is more responsible for the greatest show on turf being even a phrase that we know, Marshall Falk or Kurt Warner? Can you, was there any player in the league then that you could replace Marshall Falk with and the greatest show on turf remains? I say no. Interesting. Is there, is there any player that you could replace Kurt Warner with and the greatest show on turf remains? Probably eight guys.
2: Uh well, here's my thing. Okay, to counter that argument, he didn't have Marshall Falk when he went to Arizona. Right. Led them to a Super Bowl, was this close to winning a Super Bowl. He didn't have that running game at all. He's a he's a two-time for here's the difference between someone like him and Troy Aikman. Kurt Warner is a two-time first team. QB. So they're saying twice in his career, he was the best quarterback. And those were also his MVP seasons. Just to put things in context, because you've brought this up before, and I think it is an interesting argument. Who's the first team All-Pro? Aikman never has one. You know who doesn't have one either on on a first team All-Pro? Drew Brees has never been first team All-Pro. That shows how hard it is to be first team All-Pro. Warner has two. And, and Lucas, I have to, I have to correct you statistically. You're not hundred percent correct on some of those things you said on the call. And I knew this when he said it. I go, that doesn't sound right. He was five and four at the giants. He played nine games. And then he got benched. Yeah. I was, I knew it wasn't three games. So there were five and four and the giants made the call. Obviously it ultimately worked out in the long run for them much better. They said, we're going to go to the rookie. Eli's going to take his lumps. And I think Eli won one game as rookie year. If, if I'm correct. Then he went to the, Cardinals, stunk it up, played 10 games the next year, started 10 games. Then he got benched. Then he only started five games the next year, and then he bounced back. The thing about Warner is when he's on, he's on. Agreed? Like, he he could light it up. I, I, I just, I would not call him, dude, you're saying he's the most Overrated of all time, I just can't agree with that. If you had to choose between Troy Aikman and Kurt Warner, I without a doubt I'm going to say Troy Aikman for those very reasons. Kurt Warner, you're saying? Oh, no, as far as who's more, oh, as far as overrated, okay, as far as who's more overrated, if I had Aikman and Warner. I guess maybe I come from a perspective that I don't view him the way you said some people are. Like I don't view Warner as like, oh, he's top whatever all time. I just in my head he's a Hall of Fame quarterback.
3: I mean, to me here, here again, I'll, I'll 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 repeat what I said. I think Kurt Warner is overrated. Okay. I don't think Kurt Warner is the most overrated player of all time. I mean, fucking Broadway Joe Namath has, uh, like. Like you look at his careers. This is a guy. He's he's the uh he's the poster child for like wear a fur coat, do a fucking pantyhose ad, the you know, declare yourself, you know, predict you're gonna win the Super Bowl, and then take a hot, steamy dump on fucking <laughs> on a paper plate, and then you're still gonna go to the Hall of Fame. It's like all it's all the show. None of the none of the stats.
2: Yeah. Do you think Kurt Warner
3: should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, uh, here's the thing. It, uh, he's a Super Bowl winner. He's been to other Super Bowls. He's a two time MVP. Yeah.
2: Super he should Bowl, be in the Hall of so. Fame. Yeah, he's a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah.
3: But again, I, I go back to I go back to Marshall Falk has one MVP. You know? It it's in it's like in the same like. I can't think of a player. I can't think of a single player in the history of football that lasted that you could plug in for Marshall Falk on that team, except Ladanian Tomlinson. That's the one player I can think of you can plug in on that team. I agree. I mean, you could say Saquon Barkley, but like Saquon Barkley can't stay on the field, you know, in terms of the ability to run, the ability to catch, the ability to do all the things in space. I can't think of a single player that had long-term staying power that did it with any sort of consistency besides Ladanian Tomlinson that can that you could unplug Marshall Falk and plug him in, and that team remains the same. I can think of a, a number of quarterbacks in Kurt Warner's era. And I can think of 30 all time.
2: Well, and I remember this happening a lot of it because I was in St. Louis. They, they, those two just kept battling it out for MVP in, in 99, you have Marshall Falk is second in MVP. Warner won it in 2000. He wins it. Marshall Falk. And in 2001, he's second and Warner won it. So in right. those two, Kurt Warner MVP years, Marshall Falk was second in voting. Yeah. Which I, I I'd have to look it up. I assume that's been very rare in NFL history with a quarterback running back who won two in MVP voting. That's probably like, but like, just like play, play that game.
3: Like we can't, we can't, we can't realistically say you can put Christian McCaffrey on that team. And that happens or Saquon Barkley on that team. And that happens historically. Can you think of a guy besides LaDainian Tomlinson that, that gives you that on the, on those teams?
2: Well, I think that's the best comparison, LaDainian Tomlinson. That's how you right. know, it's that same mold out of the backfield that can catch balls that can be consistent.
3: I can't think of a single. M- meanwhile, Matt Ryan could have been their quarterback, Mahomes could have been their quarterback. Romo could have been their quarterback. And I'm, I'm just listing off guys who are just like, you know, like Philip Rivers could have been their quarterback.
2: Yeah. But you know, playoffs too, man. I mean, let's not, you know, let's, let's not forget that, you know, when you bring up guys like Philip Rivers, at the end of the day, he won when he had to in the playoffs. You know, he's nine and four in his playoff career. That, that's a good record, Joe. 31 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Obviously, interceptions are a little high, but like, you know, you know, that that's a good. Like that year he lead that year he leads them to the Super Bowl with Arizona, he lit it up in the playoffs, man. I I'm just saying, like, he's clutch when he has to be in crunch time and and three times he did that in the playoffs matt ryan did it once to go to the super bowl philip rivers never made a super bowl i i know what you're saying but i just think come playoff time warner for the most part played played very well regular season i'm not going to argue regular season those qbs i don't know i definitely disagree with him being the most overrated player of all time but it's an interesting discussion. This is a good segue for our next call, which is a show idea involving quarterbacks.
4: What's up, Barry Sports? Mark from Wisconsin here. I have an idea that I think could actually be an idea for an entire show, which sounds a little ambitious, but just hear me out. I like, think this is an especially good idea if you guys ever need to record an episode ahead of time because it wouldn't necessarily be time sensitive. I know it's 4th of July coming up in than Monday, maybe this would be a good time to roll it out. But my idea is basically that you guys do a podcast making an entire tier list of all of the starting NFL quarterbacks. I think throughout the history of the Derby Sports, probably the most common sports discussion you guys have had is comparing NFL quarterbacks to one another. And I think with it now being the offseason, this would be the perfect time to just take everything as it stands, compare all the NFL quarterbacks to each other. You're not taking into consideration like what games just happened or what might happen the rest of the season. I think now would be a good time to have this discussion. As far as the tiers go, I think you could do the basic tier list uh, format, which would be S tier at the top then A tier, B tier, C tier, and so on. But with it being dirty sports, I think it would be more fun. If you do custom tiers, like maybe the top tier is elite. And then after that, it's just pizza tiers all the way down, um, ranking quarterback into each of their own designated tiers. You could easily do the starting quarterbacks in the league, probably want to want to include rookies since they haven't actually played in the NFL yet. And then you could probably toss in a couple of the guys in the periphery of starting jobs like a Colt McCoy or a Tyrod Taylor. And yeah, I think this would easily be at least an hour plus discussion because I know you guys can get into it talking about your quarterbacks and yeah, let me know what you guys think about the idea and stay dirty.
2: Well, I think if we did this, we would stick to the pizza Tier, which which yeah. we, did, we created a few years ago when we decided that jared goff was a medium pizza who's now been downgraded to i believe a book it old school pizza hut book it personal pizza that you got when you were seven book it <laughs> you remember book it yeah what wasn't that the reading program where you you, you read enough books and <coughs> pizza hut gave you this tiny little pizza you'd show up Book it. By the way, is that not the most American thing? If you think about it, hey, be smart, read, educate yourself. Now go get fat with pizza.
3: I think we should do this. I like this, and then we're gonna have to come up with our tiers.
2: Yeah, you and I would have to discuss that off air.
3: Yeah, and then i i also I also think that pizza tiers themselves, like what are the what pizzas correspond with what tiers? Like obviously, obviously, our medium pizza. Just a medium pizza. That's just the tier medium pizza, medium, medium Domino's is, is your mediocre quarterback.
2: But then we get into what makes a guy a DiGiorno. Yeah. What makes a guy a Costco slice of pizza? I mean, we can get really specific. I think we need to come into
3: like, I think we need to come to like six pizza types. I agree. Five, five to six pizza types
2: what's 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 on the top of our head and obviously we can do this later but just spitballing a little what's the aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes is that a supreme pizza
3: no 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 i see i see, to me i think an elite pizza is just like a new york pie you know okay just like we don't fuck i don't need all the fucking sausage and peppers and the fucking you know blah blah like that's all bonus like you know, that would be that would be the next level of breaking it down. It's like, oh, uh, you know, is a fucking, you know, is Aaron Rodgers uh, Spumoni Gardens or is Patrick Holmes Spumoni Gardens like that? That's you know, that's that's elite within elite. But I think like a New York pizza, like a large New York, one of the fucking big ass New York pies, just fucking elite pizza. You could do all your bells and whistles if you're in Chicago or if you're in Detroit or if you're in fucking Naples even. But like the elite, the sure thing, the hits every
2: time. I gotcha. Well, I think that'd be a great way to start. What we think the elite, I think I think you start from both ends. What's the top tier pizza? Yeah. And what's the bottom rung pizza? Yeah. Like what's a pizza that we've had that is just terrible? Yeah. And I don't know what that is. That would be a fun discussion for us to have off air and then explain. And I like this idea. And, and you go in with 32 teams. And I agree. You can't judge a rookie because they haven't started. Right. You you just do. who Hey, who's scheduled to be the starter on day one? So even for the Browns, you'd have to go with Deshaun Watson, even though he might not start. You, you're right. You have to go with him.
3: Yeah. I know one thing's for sure. Kirk Cousins will one day be delivering himself to somebody. He will be a Domino's pizza delivery man <laughs> after after all the teams he's played for sue him for you know the money that he's paid them only for him to be a goddamn medium pizza. Or Kirk Cousins should st- if Kirk Cousins wants to extend his financial livelihood, he will start a pizza restaurant where he only serves
2: mediums. I was going to say, I, with the money he has, he would just have a few Domino's franchises of his own. Yeah.
3: Unless he's given too much of that money
2: to his church. His well, super church. I was going to say he's uber religious, but they would not serve pizza on Sunday. Yeah. No pizza on Sunday. Okay. Dirty sports documentary idea. Let's hear it out.
1: Yo, what's up, Dirty Sports? I think, you know, listening to you guys talk about the net and everything like that, that uh, is plaguing most Major League ballparks these days, I think we need the next DSPN Presents to be this old black-and-white documentary, and we just equate the nets to, like, the Berlin Wall, where, you know, we're talking about people. We, we will, you know, have interviews of people who were at games before the net was up and they just talk about like the glory days of being able to have their kids get balls signed and not have to reach through the net and stuff like that. And we just have it like set as if like, you know, communist Russia took over, you know, half of Germany and equate that to them putting up the nets. And then at the end we just have Joe Prano saying, Mr. Manfred, tear down those nets. All right. That's my idea. (laughs) Love this.
3: I I love this as well. And can I let me just say something about uh, the Nets uh, that I haven't said in a while, which still hate them with every ounce, every last drop of blood in my body. I fucking hate the Nets. I fucking hate them. And I find it like I judge your franchise Based on how far down the line the Nets go, if your Nets go to like the like deep into the outfield, I just I'm like, who is running? What kind of Karen is running operations here? Because I was in um, Anaheim and they go just to the end of the dugout which is, by the way, I think, like, the rule. They have to go to the end of the dugout. And I mean, they hit the end of the dugout in Anaheim and stop. And someone got hit in the head with a line drive when I was there. And I was like, good. Pay attention. I root for people getting hit in the head. Pay attention. Surprise, surprise. It was an old lady who shouldn't be fucking sitting down the first baseline. There's three tiers in the stadium for old people. Stay out of the one that's not. But. I want to say this about the nets. Some stadiums, and I've been to City Field this year, uh, and City Field this year, uh, I noticed kills it. Like it's you. Almost, you see, there's no break in the net. There's no fucking. There's no wire. There's no whatever. You're just pff, you got the net. Every time I go to Petco, I'm like, why did you guys buy? parts of nets left over from some other field's netting system and pasted them all together in some sort of fucking crocheted aids blanket why is there a seam everywhere i cannot watch a game at petco without constantly noticing the nets so here's my two things the nets are here to stay everybody's gonna have them that's just the deal But if you can't have one piece of net that goes from the end of the dugouts to the end of the dugouts, one huge piece of net, sell your goddamn baseball team.
2: Yeah. No, I know, man. It's
3: uh... the Petco has like doors cut into them for people like, guys, what are you doing? looks like Chucky's face. Just like scars and fucking, you know, stitches. It is fascinating to Petco's think that thing looks like a cap, like a fucking garbage pail kid. Like, like never, severed
2: Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> like we're never going back, though. That's what sucks. Like that. What? 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 I really found interesting, especially if you're hearing that call, is that. We, we were, we were in a time it's it, like, it's, it's disheartening. And I, and I don't say that lightly. It's disheartening for me to think I couldn't take a son or daughter to a game, to see the players, to get a ball, to get like, that is, and I genuinely mean that I'm not saying that for, dramatic effect. It's genuinely, genuinely disheartening to think you and I grew up with that such great memories. And now that that's gone forever.
3: And here's the thing is like during warmups, during batting practice, during whatever, like if you don't get there early enough for batting practice and honestly, not a lot of players are just like hanging out down the fucking sidelines and batting practice. That's a dangerous place to be. We know that. Right. But Post batting practice warmups, teams always throw down, throw on on the foul lines, on their in their outfield, in their short outfield, right. So if you're the Mets and you're at home, you're on the first base line, you're in short right field, doing your warmups, doing your runnings, stretching, whatever. And the Nets at the end of the dugouts so that kids can go down the the baselines into the outfield, allow those kids to walk up to the front row of the fucking four sections that are outside of first base inside of the foul pole where everybody's warming up and let them scream at guys for fucking autographs. And here's the thing. When you do that, when you put a net that ends at the dugout, here's what you have left yourself with. Three sections, three on either baseline that are dangerous. The first three sections past the net ending are dangerous. The other 75 sections, 200 sections, thousand sections in the stadium are safe behind the net. You're safe in every deck. You're safe beyond the outfield wall. You're safe. And toward the corner, you're safe. There is three sections. If you end the nets at the end of the dugouts, three sections on either side of the field where you are in danger. And here's the thing. If you can't protect yourself, don't fucking sit in those three,
0: three sections. sections.
2: And also, and honestly,
3: ushers are such those. When you see an old lady coming, get the fuck out.
2: Just get out of here. I I know. I know they're doing this because assholes Sue and we live in such a litigious society, but I don't understand if it's written on the ticket whether it's digital or an actual ticket. Don't they have lawyers to protect? Yeah. I, I assume it says that on the ticket, right? Like, like weird. It says not,
3: everywhere on the ticket, Yeah. Right? But now, like, but like, now they're there. Everybody's using a digital ticket. And then you have to click to look at the back of the ticket. And but the, my argument
2: would be if it's on the ticket, it protects major league baseball from potential lawsuits. That's what I don't understand. Yeah. How can you sue? Obviously, you can sue anything because it's America, and it's so ridiculous that we sue. Sue all the you, time. sue everybody. I just think we need to have that. That that is such a part of the game, and it's sad. It's sad that it's gone forever. It really is, and it's it just, shouldn't be. And no. the the nets at the end of the, you have all
3: you have. Then you have. Eight sections for kids to fucking go to the front of and get autographs, yeah. and then you are left with three sections on either side of the field that are that have 12 rows each in danger. Yeah. And if you can't handle sitting there, don't fucking sit there. And if you die, you die. Yeah. I know she dies, she dies. Fucking I, I I root for people. I was at Anaheim. I'm like, good. Good. Teaches you a lesson. There's three sections, a whole goddamn stadium where you can't sit. And you're down there with your fucking cotton candy trying to figure out how to post something to your Facebook group.
2: Well, it, it just boils down to, and then, and then we'll move on past this. It just boils down to accountability, which we live in a time. Nobody wants to take any accountability for anything. Just be aware, be accountable. It's no different than get off your damn phone when you're driving. It's not safe. Look up, pay attention.
3: I see those, I see those elderly people. I see those children. I see the whatever in the three sections when I'm in Anaheim. I'm like, are you hungry? Good. Eat a baseball. Eat a baseball. Savage.
2: 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Give us a call. Give us an idea. Give us a question. And please try to keep it 60 seconds or less. It's my only request. Sixty seconds or less, and hopefully, you have good good cell cover so we can actually hear you call. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Dirty Sports. I'm at Andy Reuther on all those. Joe has a million social media, so let's hear all those.
3: I'm at Joe Prano on all of them, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life.
2: He's on TikTok. He's on Cameo.
3: That's right. I'm on Cameo. Uh, if you want a birthday shout-out, a fourth of July shout-out, uh, whatever day, an anniversary shout-out. I think I did an anniversary shout-out the other day. That was great. I like how many requests I get from the wives and the girlfriends. That makes me happy. Um, yeah. So follow me on all those things, joeprano.com for shows. Uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area, giving you a huge early heads up. Uh, I have a night all my own, August 25th at the Improv Lab. I'm gonna come come out and uh do A longer set. So come check that out. Put that on your calendar nice and early. And my directions for you for this weekend is go out there and drink Miller Lite. It's the greatest, greatest weekend in the world ever for the greatest weekend of the year for drinking Miller Lite. Send me your pics of you playing golf. Send me your pics of you celebrating Independence Day. Send your pics of you celebrating Joe Prano Day on Tuesday, the foremost day of the year for drinking Miller Light. I'll be drinking Miller Light. Let me know if you are. And let yeah. Miller Light know too at Miller Light.
2: Let us know. Let Miller Light know. That's great for the show. Okay, guys. Have a great holiday. Like Joe said, enjoy the time off. We have not discussed officially when we're dropping the next episode. So I'll run that by Joe after the show. And we'll figure it out. So just stay tuned. It might not be on July 4th, but we will figure out a time. All right, guys, have a great holiday weekend. And as always, stay dirty.